right, we are finishing up our series, uh, Dangerous Prayers, and I've got to say that I think this has been a great series. Uh, we always go into the summer series not knowing exactly uh, how it will turn out. We're kind of like, all right, we're hoping this is going to be all that we hoped it would be. This one exceeded it, and uh, I really feel like God got a hold of us in so many different ways. And uh, just the, the real thing that I was praying about as I was wrapping up this week I just thought this, I want to make sure that we are praying, that we did, just didn't get educated about prayer, but that we're actually praying. And I want us to continue to be praying these prayers and uh, see our, our prayer life increase. And we'll see even from uh, this finale here that we need to increase our prayer life and make sure that we're praying these dangerous prayers. And uh, this last one that we're looking at this weekend is this. It's a dangerous prayer called, Is It Possible? Is it possible? Now, in the Bible, it comes in many different varieties, um, but all of them deal with the same thing. It, it deals with our area of unbelief. It de deals with our area of doubt. And um, we start praying things like, is it possible, Lord? Is it possible that this can... And we even add to it. We intensify it. How many know this? That sometimes we intensify it and we say, it's not possible. We, we already answer it. Like even while we're praying it, we're like, that's not possible. I, I don't even know why I'd even pray that. It's not possible. And we start to excuse away the very thing that we should be praying for. And doubt overcomes us and doubt overcomes faith. And that's not the way that we're supposed to live. We're supposed to declare our faith. We're supposed to declare God's promises. And yet we're declaring doubt and even when we come to God with our prayer, we start to speak doubt over it. And that's not the way that we should do that. The Bible says in Matthew 19, 26, it says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Three people believe it. All right. We got a lot of work to do. All right. Hopefully at our other campuses, we were on that one. All right. Um, I had to laugh. I was thinking about this. It is not possible. Uh, is it possible? Is it not possible? It's not possible. Um, several years ago, back then I had the opportunity to go to Paris, and I just want to let you know, and in all honesty and full disclosure, I did not want to like Paris. Um, you know, I just had this thing like, oh, I'm not going to like it. You know, I'm not uh, fond of the French. And, and I went to Paris, and I thought, this place is amazing. All right. And uh, while we were there, I remember one night we were ordering dinner, and we just wanted to see as many sights as we could, and we had like two days there. And uh, we sat down in this restaurant, and Becca just wanted a cheeseburger. That's all she wanted. So she said to the waiter, uh, I would like a cheeseburger. And he looks at her and he goes, that is not possible. <laughs> and she's like, um, you know, well, I just, it's just a cheeseburger. I just want a cheeseburger. So you have a burger on the menu. I just want you to put cheese on it. That is not possible. And so she said, well, okay, because you, you have cheese, right? And the guy goes, Yes. And she goes, and you have burgers. <laughs> yes. She goes, I want you to put the cheese on the burger. She goes, like, you have eggs on burgers. You have all this stuff on I just want cheese on He goes, it is not possible. Walks away from us. Won't serve us. Won't serve us. And then he, I said, uh, we changed our order. <laughs> We'd like a pizza with cheese. <laughs> okay. And, and he finally, they served us and he was so angry. And so our joke ever since then, whenever we're facing something difficult is we're like, that is not possible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's my thing. When it comes to God's promises, when it comes to believing for miracles, let's not be like Frenchie, okay? That's what we called him. We said, Frenchie did not want to help us out. It is not possible. All right? It is possible. It is possible. With God, all things are possible. And in Mark chapter 9, we're, we're going to go to that story. If you have your Bibles, turn there. Mark chapter 9, the, the key verse, Jesus says, everything is possible for the one who believes. Everything is possible. 
And I want to take a look at this dangerous prayer, and we've got to change it from is it possible to it is possible. It is possible. It can happen. God can happen. God can make this happen. And it's a dangerous prayer not to pray with faith believing. Now, I guess it would be a dangerous prayer for us uh, today because many of us have given up on believing God for the miraculous, the supernatural. Uh, Many of us have given up on stepping out in faith. We've started to live a a life of it's not possible. We've started to uh, become accustomed to not having uh, the miraculous, not having powerful breakthroughs, not seeing things happen. And and if we don't watch it, we'll just dull ourselves down and we will um, accept uh, way below what God has for us. And I believe we need more faith in the church, more supernatural in the church. I believe that there's not an excess of this. I believe that there's a, a deficiency and we need to see it rise up. And so that's why we're addressing this with this finale. Uh, is it possible? Yes, it is Possible, and it's dangerous to just stay there. And I know that um, I don't think our flesh fights against this one as much as much as it just lulls us to sleep. You know what I'm saying? There, there are other prayers in this series that I think our flesh riles up. Don't pray that one. Don't pray that one. I think this one it just kind of like yeah, that one. Don't worry about that. Don't worry. Don't worry about praying in faith. Don't worry. And it just kind of lulls us to sleep. And I think we need to reignite our passion. And uh, if I could be so bold, some of you have given up on prayers for the miraculous. Some of you have given up on hope for your loved ones. Some of you have given up hope. And uh, I'm going to ask you to to be vulnerable and to be bold and to say, I'm going to reignite the prayer. I'm going to reignite it. I will move from doubt to faith. And I'll move from, is it possible with a question mark to, is it possible with an exclamation point, with an anticipation, believing God, saying, you know what? I've got to believe for the supernatural. I've got to believe for the miraculous. I'm going to believe in faith that, is it possible? You know, like this could happen any moment. And that's what my hope is for our church. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. We're reading about this uh, man who brings his son to Jesus. It says in verse 14, I'm going to read a rather lengthy passage of scripture, but I want you to catch the whole story, and then we'll break it down. Mark 9, verse 14. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with him about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him into the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me to overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? 
He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. Now, I want to give you a little history of this guy. We, we see from this story that uh, his son is born and there's something wrong. And it's very clear that there's a, a demonic uh, oppression, possession, if you will, that's going on in this young man's life. Now, I can tell you this, I've seen people that have acted just like this, most recently on our trip to India with our global team. And some of you are like, well, check that trip off the list, not going there. All right, don't be afraid. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, all right? But we were there, and I remember there were people that were demon-possessed. There were people that would be stiff as a board like that, writhe around on the ground. They would cast the demons out of these people. They'd be set free. I can remember that. This is a true story. We dropped our team off in the village. I was doing a pastor seminar, and they opened up the van like, hi, we're here. And immediately, a lady with demons started manifesting, and, and they're all looking like, who's got this one? You know, all right, who's got it? And I think one of the guys was like, all right, I'll take this. All right. And in the name of Jesus, they cast the demon out. So this is very real. And that's what was going on with this young boy. The demon was trying to destroy him. And the dad is, is realizing that year after year after year, this is going on, that there's, there's no hope. I'm sure that he brought him to all sorts of people. If he was like any other dad, he would try to get his young boy help, and he tried to get him help. And I'm sure he's thinking, I, I don't know if we can even help the guy. We're just have to keep him from hurting himself. We're gonna have to keep him from hurting himself. That became almost, I'm guessing, his lifelong mission. Let's keep the boy from hurting himself. But something happened to him. Something happens one day that he hears about Jesus or somebody told him about Jesus. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden Jesus is around and this guy decides, I'm gonna take my boy to Jesus. I'm gonna take my boy to Jesus and I'm gonna let you know that this man has faith. Before we rip on him about saying, uh, I, I, if you can, uh, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I'm gonna tell you this, this man is a man of faith. There's no doubt about it. You know how I know that? Because faith gets off the couch. The first step of faith is getting off the couch. And for some people, I know people with illness and in and, and sickness. I know people with arthritis so bad they can't tie their sh shoes. I know people that are battling fibromyalgia. I know people that are just battled and gripped. The first step of faith is getting off the couch and even getting in proximity to where a miracle is going to happen. And so this guy had to have faith because if he didn't have faith, he'd have stayed home. But this guy gets up off the couch and goes and, and gets around Jesus. And the amazing thing is this guy's gonna get his miracle, but he doesn't realize he's actually gonna educate you and I. Jesus is gonna take him to another level and he's gonna use this guy to help all of us to understand faith. I believe this guy was gonna get his miracle because he got off the couch and got in the presence of Jesus, okay? But so stop ripping on him. Stop thinking like, oh, the poor, he shouldn't have said that. The guy had enough faith to get off the couch and that's a lot more that could be said for a lot of people. So this guy gets near Jesus and uh, it's an interesting thing. He gets near Jesus and he's intercepted by the disciples, and uh, I'm sure that he heard, you know, Jesus and his disciples have been traveling around, casting out demons, uh, setting people free and preaching good news. This is a good thing. If you can get around them. And so he's thinking, if I can't get them to Jesus, I got them to the disciples. He gets them to the disciples and the disciples can do nothing, nothing. Now, how many know if you're a dad and you're looking for a miracle and you got off the couch and you got in the presence of the disciples, you were hoping for a miracle, an easy, quick one, right? 
and you're thinking, I got there, nothing happens. And I'll tell you what immediately happens when we start believing in faith for the supernatural or for miracles to take place. At the first sign of nothing, doubt shows up. How many know that? At the first sign of nothing, doubt shows up. And doubt says, you should have stayed home. You should have stayed home. You, you never should have come here. Uh, you're just a crazy guy to believe this. And I will tell you this, on the way to your miracle, doubt will show up. Doubt will show up on the way to your miracle. See, it'll start saying it's not real for you. Get out of here before you make a scene. I, I tell you what, the crowd will start being like, oh, yeah, sorry. It's not for you. It's not for you. Yeah, I had an uncle that had that too. Nothing happened for him either. Sorry. How many know that? How many know you want to yell at them like, well, we're not praying for your uncle. We're praying for my kids, so zip it. But you don't, you know. But doubt will show up. Doubt will show up, and it's just there, and the cold water committee will pour water on your faith. Don't let that happen. Can I tell you this? When I declared last week in service that we want to send out 500 missionaries from our church, can I tell you, some people came up to me, wow, it's pretty ambitious. Oh, I was like, well, yeah, this is what I was thinking. I didn't say it. I was like, yes, it is. But inside I thought, yeah, you better start giving to kingdom builders. Have some kids while you're at it too so we can send them around the world. But I didn't say that. <laughs> some of you are like, what else is going on in that mind of yours? I'm not telling. All right. Interesting thing. You know who came up to me and full of faith? A bunch of business leaders. They're like, that is awesome. This is exciting. This is the first time I've ever heard a vision with a number that was not like all of us need to go. And they said, in a church of 6,500, you're saying 500 need to go and we're gonna grow even more. That means God might have equipped me to be a sender and that God might be wanting me to leverage my assets to invest in others. Well, it was almost like it was a freeing thing for them where they were excited, like, wow, I could get behind that. And it was interesting. Some of the people that should have had faith actually came in like, wow. And some of the people that you would think wouldn't have faith came in like, okay, I think we can do this. But I'm telling you, on the way to your miracle, doubt will show up. Yeah, thank God for people that want to do that. And thank God for all of you having kids, especially Justin and Brianna. Number six, congratulations. All right. Kids, if you're going to do kids ministry, you might as well have a lot of them, right? Amen. Um, don't let your company be filled with doubt, though. Don't let your company be filled with doubt. Pew Research did this in 2010. They found that 79% of Americans believe in miracles. Go hang around with the 79%. They said 78% of those of the younger generation, 18 to 25, 78% believe in miracles. So it's not like it's leaving. They believe in the miraculous. Let's live our life with the 79, the 78% saying, hey, I'm going to have faith to believe God for a miracle. Now, I want to point out something else. This guy had get-off-the-couch faith, but he also had another kind of faith, staying-around faith. How many know if you've just created a scene and the disciples are doing their best to pray for your miracle and no miracle happens, how many know it would be really easy, kind of like, okay, we're out of here. But he stays around. Sometimes in order to get your miracle, you have to get off the couch faith and you have to have staying-around faith. I'm just going to stay around. I'm going to stay around. I'm not leaving. I'm going to stay around. I'm pressing in. I am staying around. And again, doubt is just saying, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. Slip out the back. Don't stay around. But he stays there. And I admire this man for having staying around faith. And then finally, Jesus shows up and Jesus hears the story. 
And this boy has a mega demonic expression in front of Jesus. And I'm sure the dad's like, this is it. This is the moment. This is the moment. And Jesus asked the question. He says, well, how long has he been like this? And I, and, and I guarantee you, here's what doubt said in this man's ear before he even answered the question. I bet there's a statute of limitation on miracles. Jesus is asking you the question because he doesn't even, and, and, he, and doubt is just trying to steal all faith. Do you see this? The whole time you're believing, doubt is always trying to decrease faith. Doubt is always trying to bring you down. And I'm sure he's thinking, why, why are you asking how long? Um, he, since he's a kid. And I'm sure he's thinking, is that, is that a problem? Is that, because it's, he's been like this for a long time. And then this guy says something that makes him famous. If you can do anything, this guy is famous for that statement. If you can do anything, have mercy on us, have compassion. I mean, others are famous for like, Jesus, give us the scraps. Even the dogs get the scraps. Others are famous for, I'm a man under authority. And if you speak the word, my servant is healed. You don't even need to show up in my house. This guy's famous for, if you can do anything, help. I'm not sure if you can, if you can do this. And I, wanna, I want you to just understand this. This man had faith. It was, it was, it was weak faith. And this man is famous. He's, he's famous for dropping the if-bomb. <laughs> the if-bomb, all right, yeah. That's what he's famous for. But if you have faith to even say if, I still believe that that's faith, okay? Here's the thing that I understand. This man's faith got him to his if. Track with me on this. I wrote this down, and I hope this makes sense. This man's faith got him to his if, and his if got him to Jesus, and getting him to Jesus got him to his miracle. So some of you, if you could even rise from couch faith to staying faith to if faith, you could get your miracle. Isn't that amazing? This guy just had if faith, but if faith got him near Jesus, and then everything changed. And I think Jesus is not impressed with our ifs, but I'll tell you what, he works with our ifs. He's not impressed with it, but he works with our, he knows we're frail. He has mercy on us. He has compassion and he understands that our faith is so small. That's why he's saying, if you have faith the size of a a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. He's saying even just a little bit of faith is incredibly powerful. And so he works with our if faith. He's not impressed with it, but he works with it. There's so many ifs in our faith and I was asking, like, why, why do we have so many ifs in our faith? We, we want God to do it on our terms. We start saying, well, if you can, and, and here's how I want you to do this. And God's like, that's not how it's going to happen. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And we start saying, well, if God writes in the sky, then I'll do it. If my campus pastor comes up to me and tells me a global team that I've been praying about, and he gets the right one, and not India, and he gets the right one, then I'll know it's God. If I get a raise, then I'll start to tithe. If I do it, and we have our terms. And God's like, that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. You can't do it on your terms. I think that we have so many ifs in our life. Here's another reason, because we compare God to ourselves, And we realize how limited we are, and we don't have a big enough picture of God. We don't have a big enough picture. He is so far ahead of you. He is galaxies ahead of you. Okay, he's so much greater than you. He's so incredible. Uh, I don't have time to even go into all this, but Jeremiah says in uh, Jeremiah 32, he says in verse 17, ah, sovereign Lord, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. 
How remember that song? It was years ago in church. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens. How, you, some of you are like bouncing with that. <laughs> nothing is too difficult for thee. We won't sing that one, but nothing is too difficult for thee. Yeah, I remember it. And I just kept thinking, nothing's too difficult. That's where it came from, from the word of God. He's saying nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too difficult. He's God. He created the earth out of nothing. Nothing's too difficult for him. Don't compare God to you. Another reason that we don't have many miracles and we don't see the supernatural, Jesus addressed it here. He said, he said to his disciples, he said, this one needs more prayer. There's a spiritual battle going on. There's something, there's a higher level of prayer involvement. And I think, honestly, we're so busy, we're so entertained that we spend so little time in prayer. We spend so little time in prayer. This morning in prayer, I just said, God, I just want to listen. Would you give me a to-do list? It was a page long. It was a page long. I just said, I just want to listen to what you are telling me to do, things he was telling me to do, things he was telling me to say, people he was telling me to talk to, because I wanted to listen. I don't think we listen enough, and so we live in our if. The if goes away when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, when the word of God comes alive to us, when we do our soap, that's why we're telling you, read the word of God so your ifs will go away and your faith will rise up. Our ifs go away when we start declaring in faith what we believe and we read out and speak the promises of God. Our ifs start to go away when we remember how good God's been. You should keep a, a file of all the great things God has ever done in your life so that if you ever start to doubt, you can go read it again and just see all the things and realize how amazing he is. Now, back to our guy here in Mark chapter nine. Jesus throws the if back at him. The guy says, if you can do anything, have mercy on us. And you know what Jesus does? He throws the if back on the guy. And he says, if you can, everything is possible to the one who believes. Now, we can't even translate this the right way. The, the way that, if we could really translate it the way that Jesus said it, according to the original language, he's basically saying, oh, sir, the if isn't mine, the if is yours. I've got this one. How's your if? Can we move past the if? Because if we move past the if, we got a miracle in your house. Isn't that amazing? He's saying, it's not my if, it's your if. If you can move past if, you got off the couch, you stayed around, you got the if. If you can get past if, if you can do this, I've got your miracle because nothing is impossible for me. That's what he's saying. And he's saying, you own the if. I mean, it's just amazing to me. He's saying, I've got unlimited resources. It's not a problem for me. You're the one that don't, doesn't know how big God is. You're the one that doesn't know how powerful God is. You have no clue. You are limiting me, and I am unlimited power. I was trying to figure out how to illustrate this in just raising our level, and, I, and God brought me back to a, a memory of my grandfather from Florida, my grandpa Keen, my mom's dad. When he used to come to visit us when we were kids, this was years ago, and I grew up in Egan, Egan, Minnesota, and there was a little Ben Franklin there, and some of you might remember it, you've lived here long enough. He'd come to visit, and he'd go in there with us, and he'd say, hey, we need to buy some candy for you guys. We need to buy some candy. He goes, what kind of candy do you like? We'd be like, that. And so we'd put a couple in the bag, and we'd say, we like that too, put a couple, we like that too, and that. And we pick it, he goes, you like all those things? And we're like, yeah. And then he'd take handfuls. And he goes, and we're going to have handfuls of bit of honey. And we're going to have handfuls of this. And I was just like, this is amazing. 
Grandpa must have so many pennies. He is loaded. I mean, this is incredible. And I mean, we would walk, no kidding, like a giant grocery bag full of candy. I'm sure my mom loved it. <laughs> and I can remember thinking, how much money does he have? What could you ask grandpa for? This guy, now it was pennies to him. It was pennies to him. And, and, and he had so much. And, and it was just, I was just realizing he had so much and my perspective was so small. If, I could, if we could raise our level to understand how amazing God is and realize the if is with us. God has unlimited resources, unlimited power. Remember, he created the earth out of nothing. N nothing limits him. He's all powerful. The if belongs to us. And we're sitting there wondering if he can do something for pennies. And he's like, are you kidding me? I can bury you in this. Ask, believe, move past your if. If you can own your if and move past it, your miracle can happen. And this guy, all of a sudden he says, I believe. And as soon as he says, I believe, how many know once again that doubt attacks him? And here's what I would call this. I would call this speed doubt. That wasn't on speed, but it was speed doubt. You know what I'm saying? How many know that in a millisecond, you can have like what appears to be a thousand thoughts just like that fast. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? He's like, I believe. And as soon as he says that, I guarantee you, doubt said to him, what about the seizures? What about the sleepless nights? What about the time he drowned himself? Just about drowned himself. What about the time he burned himself? What about, what about, what about, what about? How many, it went that fast. He said, I believe. And then it just, that's how doubt attacks you. Be ready for this. Realize that's how it attacks every one of us. And then he goes, help my unbelief. That quick he recovers. That quick he recovers. And I believe that when we're, if we move past our if, we say, I believe, immediately doubt attacks us and immediately we have to ask God for help. And I believe right there he's saying, good, good, I'm gonna help your unbelief. I'm gonna help you. You move past your if, you move into the belief. I will help you. I will give you what you're looking for. Uh, I'll, I'll help you in this. And if I could tell you this, doubt is never done. Just realize this, doubt is never done. Even after you get your miracle, you know what doubt will say to you? It wasn't that bad of a sickness, doesn't it? That here and at all of our campuses, if you've ever heard doubt say that, raise your hand. It wasn't that bad, it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that big of a miracle, yeah. All right, you're like, that's what doubt does. Doubt attacks you and it says it wasn't that big. It wasn't that, don't tell anybody about that because it really, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, you didn't really have, you thought you had fibromyalgia, God didn't heal you that. You thought you had autism, he didn't really heal you. You thought you had that, but it really wasn't that. So don't, don't share, I mean, don't, I mean, maybe, okay, enjoy whatever you got. Whatever that was for you, enjoy that, but don't share it with anybody. Don't live a life like that. Don't, don't step out in faith believing See, doubt is never done. So this guy has this millisecond of doubt. And then he says, I, I, I've got to, I've got to, uh, I, I, help me, help me in my faith. Help me, help me, help me. And sometimes I think when you least expect a miracle, how many know sometimes that's when it shows up? It's like you ambush doubt. You ambush doubt. All of a sudden you're like, not praying for that healing. And all of a sudden you're in church and then a spark of faith ignites and you go up to a prayer team and boom, something happens. And next thing you're like, out of the blue, totally healed. And it's like, doubt was sleeping, you know? And you ambushed doubt and all of a sudden the thing happens and faith rose up and you were ready to receive. The guy gets past his if, he owns his if, and he blurts out, I believe, help my unbelief. And I believe God will help us. 
I believe God will help all of us. And I believe God's trying to show us in here that I'll take you to another level. I'll take you to another level. Uh, you can move your, is it possible to, it is possible. It is possible. And I'm going to live in the, it is possible instead of the, is it possible? So let's turn this question into a declaration and let's start praying instead of, is it possible? Let's switch it to, it is possible. And God, I believe, help my unbelief. I got off the couch. I got into your presence. I stayed around. I'm moving past my if, and I want to pray that you will help me in my unbelief. Let's turn this question into a declaration. Is it possible? It is possible. And I have one small thing of homework for you. I think as part of this series, we've been praying uh, each week, and we've been praying these prayers. So I want us to, instead of praying, is it possible, I want us to pray, it is possible. And make a list. Put it in the front of your soap journal. Put it on a piece of paper. Put it on your laptop, your PDA, wherever you want. Put a list of the things you're praying and believing for, and then across it say, it is possible. That's one homework. The second homework is this. You need to tell someone your miracle story this week. We need to have faith rise up in the fact that I'm hearing your miracle and your miracle and you're hearing their miracle and you're hearing theirs and you heard how God set them free and delivered them from fear and you're hearing how this one got a physical healing and how God restored a marriage and how God saved an alcoholic and God set you free from drugs and God, you can start seeing that. And as we start sharing the stories, how many know that we're gonna defeat doubt and we're gonna increase faith and as faith starts to increase, we're going to get past the if, and we're going to say, it is possible. So please, please, please look for an opportunity to share your story this week with somebody. Look for an opportunity. Just follow the Spirit's leading. I guarantee you, He will give you an opportunity to share this. But let's share the miraculous things that God has done. Share your story, someone's story. Share your salvation story. Share whatever, but let's increase the faith at every campus, every one of us this week. This is our homework. Get that list again of the things you're saying it is possible for, and let's share our story with somebody, and let's increase the faith so that people can see it is possible in Jesus' name. So, Lord, I just pray right now that you would help us to realize that it is possible it is possible. It is possible. It is possible. We overcome doubt. We overcome fear. It is possible. It is possible. Because we are going to the one that has all power, all authority. He's the creator. It is possible. And so increase our faith. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.